We're so unique because we have this complex mixture of traits and dispositions, and we bring that together with another person that God has created uniquely, and we create something that has never existed. That sometimes is a new thought to many of us because we think, oh, this person should be just like me, and they're not. Welcome to Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Today, Dr. Les Parrott joins us to talk about an exciting new assessment for couples to help achieve better love. We'll find out what that means straight ahead on the program. And if you want to take a peek before we get started, go to betterlove.com to find out more. Gary, you are familiar with this assessment tool. Tell me how you got involved with this. Well, you know, Chris, I've known uh, Dr. Les Parrott for a long, long time, and uh, I've really admired all that he's done to help couples, especially on the, the online stuff, as well as all of his books and all of that. He approached me, actually, and Moody Publishers about the possibility of what we're going to talk about today, and that <laughs> is linking up the Five Love Language quiz with, uh, with his profiles. So I'm very excited about our conversation today. I am too. And here he is, Dr. Les Parrott, psychologist, number one New York Times bestselling author. Many of his books are co-authored with his wife, Leslie. Yeah, Les and Leslie Parrott. Our featured resource today is the Better Love Assessment Tool. You'll find that at betterlove.com. Again, go to betterlove.com. Well, Dr. Parrott, welcome back to Building Relationships. Gary, it's always good to be with you. I sure appreciate it. And I could hear the intonation there on our names, Les and Leslie. And uh, for all our listeners that might be confused, it is a little confusing. I'm Leslie, she's Leslie, and that's the way God planned it. So, uh, <laughs> Well, I'm glad you go by Les. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I should go by Frank. It would even be easier. But uh, uh, I'm, it's even worse than that because I'm the third. That means my dad's name oh. is Leslie. And my grandfather's name is Leslie, and then I married Leslie, and I'm Leslie, so I'm the third, and that's why we named our first son John. So, uh. I'm thinking that your family like lacked creativity. <laughs> yeah, we just did. We couldn't think of any other names. <laughs> Well, for those of our listeners who may not know Dr. Les Parrott, uh, what gets you up every day and uh, causes you to do what you do? Well, probably about the same thing uh, that gets you up, uh, Gary, because we love helping couples, and uh, especially couples that want to enjoy lifelong love. Do you guys know that business kind of term called a BHAG? A BHAG? You ever heard of a BHAG? I I have not. Okay, so a BHAG stands, this is something they teach in every business class at some point, Uh, a BHAG is a big, hairy, audacious goal, and ours is to see the divorce rate reduced by a third in our lifetime, particularly in local churches. And I know everybody that's listening to this goes, well, good luck with that, because that is mm. a big, mm. audacious goal. And yeah. uh, But we're more optimistic about it than ever. And, and by the way, did you know that for every single percentage point that we drop the divorce rate, the lives of more than a million children 
are positively impacted. Think about that. That's wow. for one single percentage point. I think it would be the greatest social revolution the church has ever seen. And so wow. that's what gets us out of the bed in the morning to, to put our feet on the ground and start running because we love doing what we do. And what we're going to talk about here in this program is really the point of the spear of that because it does some amazing things. We can do, really move that proverbial needle in the right direction uh, when we use this tool. So, uh, but that's that's what gets us going, Gary. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I thank all of our listeners and anyone who may not be listening in this country who's a Christian can identify with what you just said because, you know, the concern for marriages and consequently the children of, of marriages when there's a breakup, it's just colossal in our country. So I am, I am grateful for your passion and it certainly identifies with my passion as well. Well, now you've developed uh, several relationship assessments uh, through the years. Uh, what's the value of a tool like betterlove.com? Yeah, I, well, I love that question because this sets it up beautifully to say something that is so revolutionary, at least in my opinion. And that is when you have a good tool like this that we're going to talk about, Better Love, people can find it at betterlove.com. You are doing basically two things in your relationship. You're heightening your sense of self-awareness, which is one of the hallmarks of, you know, well-being. And that's important. Why? Because your marriage can only be as healthy as the two of you. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing, in addition to heightened self-awareness, is deeper empathy that capacity to see the world from somebody else's perspective. And there, as you well know, there's a mountain of research on how important that skill set is to uh, success in marriage relationships. Now, on top of that, so th those are the two skills, deeper empathy, heightened self-awareness, any good assessment will do that. But what we know from independent research, University of Chicago and Minnesota and other places, that couples that go through this tool that we're about to talk about, the Better Love uh, Assessment, lower their chances of divorce by 31%. Let me just give that a pause, a beat there. Take that in. Think about this. Doing this assessment lowers your chances of divorce by 31%. And not only that, it increases your capacity for positivity for contentment for happiness by nearly a third in the weeks that follow this. So that's a pretty good deliverable, right? Not mm. only is it lower your chances for all the bad stuff, it heightens your capacity for contentment. And uh, who doesn't want that? That's why we call it better love. Absolutely. And I, I can hear some of our listeners right now thinking, oh, man, if it does all of that, I need to find out about this. So stay tuned. OK, <laughs> you're going to find out about it. <laughs> all right. Well, now, uh, of course, uh, our connection uh, with the five love languages and now you're integrating the five love language concept into this assessment. Uh, what what led you to do that? Well, I'll tell you something, Gary. We've had we've been in the assessment lane for a number of years and it was really almost serendipitous. You'll recall this. Uh, we, Leslie and I were invited to host a Valentine uh, show on a national broadcast. And, uh, well, who did they invite to be the guests that we would interview but our good friend Gary Chapman. And uh, <laughs> as we were preparing for that interview, I thought, what in the world? Why in the world haven't we ever talked about incorporating, integrating the five love languages into better love? 
And uh, it was in preparation for that little interview that uh, I think it was almost providential in my mind. And uh, I reached out to you, and we started talking about it. And uh, and it took us a long time to develop it because we do things with excellence, and and uh, both of us, and and we wanted to make sure we had reliability and validity that was a part of what we were doing, and then incorporating the five love language languages just takes it to, and then incorporating the five love languages just takes it to a whole new level, because we can do something with the five love languages through our technology that you can't do with paper and pencil or by just reading the book. And even though it's so intuitive, once you understand the concept of the five love languages, you well know, we can do something kind of magical on the better love assessment with it. And I'm excited about that, uh, Les. You know, of course, as you said, we've been working on this a long, a long time. I should say, yeah. you all have been working on it a long time because <laughs> you've done the hard work. I'm just watching and observing. <laughs> now, it's been fun. Uh, your assessment provides, and I'm quoting here, a highly customized roadmap to lifelong love. Unpack yeah. that for us a little bit. Yeah, we like to refer to it, uh, to the Better Love Assessment in that way, the report, because when you say the Better Love Report, it sounds like you're getting graded, right? It sounds like it's an evaluation and and uh, you're either going to fail it or, or pass it. And that's just not the case. There's no shame. There's no blame. There's no finger pointing. There's no guilt. Uh, it's all about increase in awareness and basically saying, hey, look at this. Here's the, here's the information that you put into this, and here's what we've done through our algorithm to deliver something back to you that's pretty special. Just take, for example, the five love languages that you know we were just talking about. We not only show you in detail, here's where you rank on the five love languages, which you, know, you guys have done beautifully for a long time. Uh, we also look at where you are on your love tank, each of you individually, and then we take those two bits of information and we run it through an extensive process, an algorithm, and then deliver uh, a plan for the two of you to love each other like you've never loved each other before. Because what we're doing is looking at your love language or the top couple of love languages that you have in relationship to one another's love tank and then delivering you a prescriptive couple of paragraphs so that you now go, oh, this is what I need to be doing, right? And so many times we focus on ourselves thinking, oh, well, now I know my love language, and so you need to love me uh, with words of affirmation because that's my love language, and we get self-consumed in that. So that's just one example, but backing up from that. So first of all, let me pause there. Does that make sense? It does make sense uh, to me, and it sounds to me like, really, that you're kind of taking the love languages to a whole new level. Is, is that a fair statement? Yeah, we, we kind of had a little mantra uh, as we were building this over the, a couple of years, and it was kind of like uh, we just kept referring to it as Love Languages 2.0 uh, hmm. because it was taking it to a new level. And uh, the feedback that we've got, this is relatively new, just a few months here, and the feedback is just incredible from couples because they're being able to apply it at a fresh level, a deeper level. And then you connect that, all that information with the five love languages, you connect that with um, 10 other pages in this, you know, uh, report, okay? Don't, don't take that as you're getting graded, but your, your customized roadmap. And we start with personality, how God designed you just in general, beyond your love language. How are you hardwired? And 
that is such an eye-opener for people. And to give you a sense, we have kind of these eight different personality types, like the achieving spouse and the pioneering spouse and the energizing spouse and so forth. And you see kind of where each of you lands, and you get a little paragraph. And everybody is tempted to believe, oh, so you get one of eight paragraphs there. But what you're really getting is a customized paragraph that has nearly 40,000 variables in it. Let me take a beat mm. there again. Take that mm. in. 40,000 variables. What does that mean? That means you're never going to have the same paragraph on any other report. That's your paragraph. That's how mm. highly customized this is to you. And so it's a pretty sophisticated thing. Uh, now, when you look at the report, the report, it is beautiful. It's infographic and and uh, it's really simplicity on the other side of complexity. There's so many levers behind the scenes being pulled to deliver content that you can put into practice starting right now. This is Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Dr. Les Parrott is joining us today, and we're talking about a new tool that can help couples experience a more loving relationship in all areas. You can find out more at buildingrelationships.us. Click the Better Love banner or find the featured resource link in the program details for today. Again, go to buildingrelationships.us to find out more about the assessment. Well, I've got news for you, Dr. Parrott. Andrea and I did this last night. And we were pretty amazed at what you just said. There were some of the things in the descriptions about our personality that were so on point. As a matter of fact, Andrea said, that just, you know, that just blows me away. There's one, we're both deliberating spouses. So there's different, yeah, I mean, and I wanted to ask you, is there a problem? (laughs) Is there a problem there? Um, (laughs) But there was one in her paragraph on deliberating spouse that says, socially, you tend to be a homebody preferring your house and yard to faraway places with strange-sounding names. This may cause stress if your spouse wants to see the world. And I told Gary before the program, I don't even want to see the yard. (laughs) So we're good. (laughs) But she used to be a very uh, social butterfly, outgoing and all this, and she has changed to that homebody, and she was kind of blown away by that assessment and what you picked up there. So the very thing that you just said is is coming true. These paragraphs about you are like opening your eyes to how true they are. Oh, I love hearing that, of course. And by the way, you should know something. And If you disagreed with anything in your paragraph, uh, this is not, we're not forcing anything on anybody. So if you disagree, just scratch out that sentence that you disagree with. However, before you do that, we always recommend that you check in with your spouse to say, <laughs> like we had, <laughs> you, you already understand, when, when we uh, had a couple a little while ago and his first sentence said, you're often late to important events. And he goes, that's not true of me. And he turned to his wife and she said, are you kidding? You were late to this counseling appointment. (laughs) So so just make sure you check in with people, because sometimes we don't see things that other people see in us, but it's fair game to scratch out anything you don't agree with. Well, that that was another question then. When you're doing a self-assessment... You're being as honest as you can, but there are things that you're blind to. And and in my the paragraph for me, it says, you tend to dislike sudden or abrupt changes. 
boy, howdy. You prefer things the way they are. Your motto might be, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And I would change that to, if it's broken, get the duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Well, we often say this tool is more of a discussion starter than it is a diagnostic. And so the point is not to argue with it. The point is then to talk with your spouse about it, right? Mm. That's all we're trying to get out of this is a deeper understanding and more empathy. You know, empathy, uh, as I touched on just briefly, It's that capacity to see the world from each other's perspectives, right? It's to walk in each other's shoes. And most of us, the research shows this, most of us think we do that far better than we actually do. And if you talk to a room full of couples and go, oh, you need to empathize, everybody in their minds go, yep, got that one, locked in, got it, empathy, you know? (laughs) And I got to tell you, I did my doctoral dissertation on empathy. Leslie and I have written a, a, a substantial book on empathy called Trading Places, and I'm still struggling to do mm. even a halfway decent job on this. I know how it works. I know it involves your head and your heart, uh, and you got to be intentional about it. But man, it's a tough mountain to climb. And so this really makes the on-ramp to it so much easier because when you recognize how God has hardwired you and hardwired your spouse, you kind of have this shortcut to kind of go, oh, okay, no wonder she's you know, doing this or talking this way, because that's how God designed her. So this is not a little tool that says, hey, here's how you are, now change. Not at all. Yes. This is how you are, and lean into that and understand each other. Okay, yeah. sorry, Gary. I got one more question. So you there go right are, ahead, Chris. <laughs> there are eight <laughs> categories: achieving spouse, pioneering spouse, energizing spouse, affirming spouse. They go on. Deliberating spouse is what, uh, and you say devoted, accurate, and disciplined. Deliberating spouse is where both of us landed. So, is yeah. there? A, are there positives to having that same trait, or are there? What are the positives and negatives of being in that same category? Yeah, great question. And uh, the truth is, there's no right or wrong combination of these. Uh, the only problematic one is if two spouses are both deliberating, and uh, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was a long radio silence there. <laughs> um, no, there's no combination that's best or optimal, and the goal is not to be the same or different. It's just awareness. So, for example, the two of you both deliberating, that means that you both tend to be relative to other people, more slow-paced. You take your time. You want to do things the right way, and um, that's what makes you good at your job. Um, and then when it comes to uh, being fast-paced, I mean, uh, uh, people-oriented or task-oriented, you guys, you guys are both right on the midline there. That allows you some real flexibility in being able to do a lot of different things. Because some of us, like I'm really task-oriented. When Leslie comes into my office and goes, hey, you got a minute? Uh, more often than not, I hold up one finger. I don't even look at her. I keep my eyes glued to the screen to the email that I'm writing, and I hold up one finger, right? Because I, and that means 
means, as it's a universal sign, give me a minute, right? And once I finish this sentence, then I can turn to you and give you my attention. Leslie is people-oriented. If I walk into her office and say, hey, you got a second? She drops everything instantly. She spins around on her chair. Come on in. What's going on, right? And so you guys are kind of in the middle on that as deliberating spouses. And so it's these kinds of things as you understand that. And, And by the way, the other dimension all has to do with speed. Are you fast-paced or slow-paced? And as Leslie said, I'm built for speed. I'm like, why are we still talking about this? Let's get it done. A committee meeting? Are you kidding me? Let's get on with it, right? And uh, (laughs) slow-paced people, they're going to say, no, uh, let's give it some time here. Let's make sure we're really thinking this through and we're doing the research. One is not better than the other. They're just different. Uh, But it's these kinds of... uh, insights that help us understand our combination and the unique chemistry. You guys realize there's never been a marriage like yours before, and there Mm. never will be again, right? Mm. We're so unique because we have this complex, you know, mixture of traits and, and dispositions, and we bring that together with another person that God has created uniquely, and we create something that has never existed. And that's that sometimes is a new thought to many of us because we think, oh, this person should be just like me, and they're not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if if you want to find out more about this, there is a cost to it. It's right there on the on the homepage of the website, betterlove.com. But uh, both Andrea and I found it really helpful as we went through it, not only a reminder of the love languages, but then to get all these diagnostic tools, you know, the the report and then the action plan after that. So if you go to the website, betterlove.com, you'll find out more. Well, Dr. Parrott, uh, we were talking about and you were discussing, you know, the results of uh, the assessment, the Better Love Assessment, and we talked a lot about uh, personality. Uh, What other aspects uh, are in the report that one will get when they take this assessment? Yeah, it's pretty comprehensive. We start with your personality, like I said, how God designed you. And by the way, we do something pretty exciting with that too, something that no other assessment in the world does, and look at the chemistry between your two personalities and how that involves, you know, and impacts things like decision-making. 25% of our conversations, by the way, involve making a decision together. So wouldn't it be helpful to know if your spouse is hardwired to be a a cautious decision-maker versus a spontaneous decision-maker and things like that? So we get into personality. We apply that to many of the usual suspects like communication and conflict and intimacy and finances. You know, we look at this thing called the money matrix as it relates to how the two of you work together to manage your finances. Uh, Adaptability. Let me mention something on adaptability because this is kind of unique. This is that capacity to adjust to things beyond your control. Don't you wish we could give that as a wedding gift to every couple in the world that gets married? Why? Because every good marriage, no matter how good it is, eventually bumps into something bad. It doesn't matter how loving you are. You're going to encounter something that jolts your relationship. And uh, one of my philosophies of living is that we all have our own private Gethsemane, and we all have our own Judas, and we wake up some morning and we go, how could he have done that? I trusted him with my money. Or how could she have done it? I trusted her with my secrets. And uh, we will have something in our lives, a person or an experience, that really jolts us. Um, 
And Gary, you know the story of, of our first son who was born premature and uh, was born three months ahead of schedule, weighed just a pound. And of course, we would have never anticipated that this would happen. He'd be in the hospital with multiple surgeries and dire predictions, and Leslie's life would be at risk and all that. That's a jolt that you don't expect. It might be um, infertility. It might be a job loss, whatever. This capacity to adjust to things beyond your control is so important. There's a mountain of research on this, so important to predicting the success of your marriage. And so we devote a page of the Better Love Assessment to really getting a a handle on this. It's almost like the proverbial shock absorbers in your relationship, if you will, on how you can do that. And this is something that, by the way, you can work on. Many things in life are, uh, like your personality, are a trait, but adaptability is a state. Sometimes in research we talk about state versus trait. And um, in, if something is a state, that means it's it's fluid. You can do something and work on that. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that's another thing that we bring up. And, and uh, time management, you know, it's the second biggest complaint that couples have in their relationship. We just don't have enough quality time together. So Better Love will help you reclaim some of those moments that you've been missing because you don't understand each other's time styles. Have you guys ever thought about that? Just how God designed you and your spouse to manage time? It's such a refreshing topic to get into. Thanks for joining us today for Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman. You'll find more simple ways to strengthen relationships at buildingrelationships.us. You can hear a podcast of the program Download the Love Nudge app and see a link to our featured resource today. That featured resource, which is the Better Love Assessment Tool. Click the Better Love banner at buildingrelationships.us or find the featured resource link in the program details for today. Again, go to buildingrelationships.us. Dr. Parrott, before the break, we were talking about the feedback that you have gotten from couples. I'm wondering... Uh, have you gotten any feedback from pastors and church leaders, uh, you know, as they've encouraged people to take this quiz? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question, because one of the things that we wanted to be able to do with this was give pastors a new way of really understanding the state of marriage in their churches. And uh, that's never been done before in a really sophisticated and reliable way. And so here's what we did. Um, If a whole church does this, um, which happens a lot, so you have, uh, you know, maybe a a sermon series on on romantic love and so forth in marriage, and uh, the church does this, or it's an event, and and Leslie and I do this all the time for churches where a whole bunch, hundreds of couples, if not thousands, will take the Better Love Assessment, then we can provide to the pastor and that leadership team um, a re- little report on the state of marriage in their church. It's an aggregate. It doesn't give mm-hmm. anybody's personal information away, of course, but it's looking at an aggregate. So imagine you're on a leadership team in a church, and now you know here's the top three issues that couples are struggling with in our congregation. Here's the uh, the dominant personality types in our congregation. Here's the one thing that couples seem to really stumble over when it comes to cultivating spiritual intimacy together in their relationship. Isn't that incredible to have that kind of information? Because mm. now it shapes a sermon series, it shapes uh, small groups, it shapes Sunday school classes, and all the rest. 
Yeah, I don't know of a pastor that would not want to know that kind of information on the right. marriages in their churches, you know. What do you say to the person who is reluctant to take an assessment? They just, in their mind, they say, I don't like assessments. I don't want to take an yeah. assessment. What do you say to those folks? Yeah, after very sophisticated research, we've discovered that 50% of the general population is more reluctant than the other 50% to take an assessment on marriage. Do you want to guess which 50% that is? <laughs> I was going to say, can I guess which 50% and would it be males? <laughs> yeah. You ask most women, hey, do you want to take a little assessment on your relationship? Yes, please. Hand it to me, you know. Um, and so it's, it's usually men that are some, somewhat suspect. And the reason for that is they think they're going to get clobbered. They think they're going to get punished. And, and, and you know, it's, it'll be used as a weapon. And it just doesn't do that. Um, the, the resistance is that you're going to have some information on me now that you're going to hold over my head. And uh, so it doesn't do that. And I got to tell you, we've had, you know, hundreds of thousands of couples that have gone through this. And the feedback, uh, especially from men, is, man, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if I want to do this or not, but uh, mm. I'm so glad I did. And I always love it when some guy will go, he's really honest, and goes, you know, I really didn't want to do this, but ever since we did that, we've been having the best sex of our lives as a married couple. <laughs> this is incredible. So uh, <laughs> is there another one we can take? <laughs> I've had the response, Gary, where, uh, in fact, the Seattle Seahawks, we live at Leslie and I live in Seattle, and so the whole Seahawks team did this a little while ago. And I had some of the players say, hey, how much would it cost to have me come out looking better than my wife on this thing? <laughs> she does, you know. <laughs> oh, that's always encouraging, isn't it? You know, I have people say, men say to me, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't read many books on marriage. And I didn't want to read the five love languages when my wife asked me. I'm sure glad I did. <laughs> so, but it's encouraging when you get that kind of feedback. Yeah. Now, yeah, let me ask this. When, you, when a couple takes the assessment and they get their individual reports, uh, who, who do other people get those reports? I'm, what I'm asking is, is, can somebody else tap into this and, and get my report? Or, or yeah. how's that handled? Yeah, I'm so glad that you asked that. No, this is completely private and confidential. Nobody can see the report except for the couple that takes it. And uh, they each answer the questions. It takes about 10 minutes to answer a series of questions to get this thing. And each person in the couple does that independent of each other. They're not sitting down at a screen and doing that together. They each do that. And you can do it on your phone. You can do it on a tablet or your, your laptop. And uh, as soon as the last person in the couple has answered the last question, it takes less than five seconds for our software to generate this customized roadmap and deliver that to you in the form of a PDF. Now, you can print that off or you can just look at it on your screen, but rest assured, it's as secure as any bank software. Nobody else is seeing your results but you. And I think that's important for couples to know. And, and by the way, I should also, I should also mention this, this comes with a 40-page action plan that you can download as a PDF that is super fun. It's chock full of little exercises and uh, discussion starters, and it's really designed around four date nights. So you can take this information from your report 
and go out and have some fun. Do you know? Go to dinner and talk about these two or three pages that we guide you through in your action plan, and uh, have some really fun discussion and some interactive exercises. So it, it really is. When I say it's upbeat and positive, it really is. It's it's fun. And I, I I really like that because I think it does give. Uh, what we what you've been calling a roadmap, you know, it gives you ideas on how to how to continue to grow uh, in these with, yeah. with this information. Now, uh, you say that uh, you discover your fight types through this assessment. What is a yeah. fight type, and how can you leverage conflict uh, for a stronger relationship? Well, we all have conflict, right? I mean, let's first of all start there. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter how loving you are. It doesn't matter whether you are two people that love following in the footsteps of Jesus and and have a PhD in psychology and have read the five love languages, you're still going to have conflict. It's only a very small percentage of people that don't have conflict, like less than 5%, and we can talk about them if you want to in a second. But here's the deal. Conflict, and by the way, I love my favorite verse in all of Scripture on conflict. Romans twelve verse eighteen says, "If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, try to live at peace with everyone." Isn't that a good verse? You know why I like it so much? Mm. I don't know of another verse in all of Scripture that has more qualifiers in it than that single <laughs> verse, right? Even Scripture is acknowledging, <laughs> try, give it a shot, do what you can, you know, but you're going to have conflict. And so what we want to do through the the Better Love Assessment is to, again, heighten our awareness on how God designed us uh, to manage conflict, because chances are the way you come at conflict is not the same way your spouse does. And so Leslie and I look at, at two dimensions when it comes to conflict, how expressive you are. Now, some of us are married to somebody who's highly expressive, and you never, ever have to wonder whether or not something is bothering them, because they will tell you, <laughs> right? And right. they're very, very expressive. And both Leslie and I happen to be that. We, we, we want to put it out there. But there's some people that are just low on expressiveness, and sometimes you don't even know if something's bothering them. And uh, I, I always joke, it's, it's like the, the spouse that after just a few months, you know, kind of looks at their, their husband and goes, Joe, um, is everything all right? Yeah. Why are you asking? Well, your yeah. face, it hasn't changed for weeks, you know, it's just it's something <laughs> bothering you. Um, and, and then there's the dimension of flexibility. Are you high on flexibility and, and very adaptive or low? Do you have kind of your own personal agendas? And you know there's a right way to put dishes in the dishwasher, and you yes, don't want it yes, to, yes. to be different than that. <laughs> and we all know what Gary is. <laughs> amen, amen, yeah. And so if you are high on expressiveness and low on flexibility, we call you a competitive fighter. And I should know, because this is my area, right? I want to win the fight, and I want to show you why I won. And so we, we kind of just help you unpack your fight. That's what we mean by a fight type, and it has mm. to do with those dimensions. Make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. This is Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Dr. Les Parrott is joining us, and you can find out more about the Better Love Assessment Tool at buildingrelationships.us. Click the Better Love banner 
or find the featured resource link in the program details for today. Again, go to buildingrelationships.us. Dr. Parrott, earlier you mentioned something about sexual intimacy. So what I want to ask is, how does this assessment help with sexual intimacy? Yeah, this is a topic that is so important to talk about because what happens for so many couples is that they might struggle in this area and they just don't talk about it. Why? Because one person in the couple feels uncomfortable. It's just a mm-hmm. dicey topic, and they uh, maybe it's their home, it's their upbringing, it's their personality, but it just makes them very uncomfortable to talk about physical intimacy. And so what happens when you take the Better Love Assessment is that it allows you, it kind of gives you that little on-ramp to talk about something that maybe you haven't talked about and you need to. And so it's not embarrassing, but it just kind of gives you some some ways to get into that subject matter uh, without feeling, you know, threatened and anxious. Now, there's other people that, of course, like, want to talk about sex? Yeah, let's talk about sex. They're, they're all over that. But this, this page, it's, it's just a page called Intimacy. And it begins with how we view love in very practical terms. And based on our, our personalities, if you're an unwavering spouse... You're going to look at love and and romantic love and physical intimacy in a different way than, for example, the pioneering spouse does, just because of our personality um, and what we bring to the table. We also look at the ingredients that are most important to you when it comes to physical intimacy and romantic love, and it's things like trust and friendship and kindness and respect and longing and so forth. And so just kind of unpacking that together kind of warms you up to get to talk about more intimate things. Yeah, and I, and I really, really like that. I mean, let's face it, every couple needs to be learn how to communicate about this part of the marriage. Uh, another part, of course, is where many couples struggle. It has to do with money. So say a word about how this assessment can help in that whole area. Yeah, money is is you know often reported as the number one source of conflict in marriage, and with good reason. Um, in part, we we have we've grown up in different homes that manage money differently. And in, in fact, if we were in a class and we had time, I'd have all of us go around and just finish the sentence stem. In my home, growing up, money was you know how somebody finishes that little sentence stem is quite revealing. And it, it's ingrained in us. And so, again, we have a page that's dedicated to helping you. Uh, I forget who it was that wrote the book, Money Talks and So Can We. You know, it's, it's the whole point is to begin talking about our finances. And we do that through this little kind of diagram. We call it the money matrix. And, uh, oh, we've had lots of people weigh in on this. Um, in fact, Dave Ramsey, a money guru, flew out to Seattle and met with us in my study and, and helped us kind of design this in a, in a way that would be very accessible for couples. And we look at, are you savers or spenders? And, um, you know, and sometimes couples are both spenders. Uh, more often than not, the majority of couples are opposites when it comes to this. But there are those cases where they're both savers or they're both spenders. And then are you using a budget? And some people say, yeah, live by a budget religiously. And others say, a budget, what's that? And so mm-hmm. you've got to find out where they're at on that and begin to talk about it. And they, again, the action plan helps you dig down into this. And then we get into um, 
your your financial fears. And this is a really important topic because, you know, you might have, some of us have a fear of not having influence. We want to make sure we have a voice mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. financial decisions. For some, it's a lack of security or a lack of uh, not being able to realize their dreams. I was just counseling a couple the other day, and they've been married um, just about less than six or five or six years. And one of her dreams was to have horses. She wanted to live in a place where they could have horses. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's an expensive little hobby, having horses. (laughs) And they're not anywhere close to being able to realize that dream. And so she is wanting to make sure that that is something that they're, you know, planning on, they're budgeting for. And they hadn't talked about it since before they got married. And here they were married Mm. for five or six years. And so it's those kinds of things, just getting it out in the open. And so we have this little section built into it with these little sentence stems, like I just mentioned. Uh, When I think about our financial future, you know, how would a couple finish that? So getting couples talking about this together is so valuable. And that is, is what we get into in the money matrix of the Better Love Report. Dr. Parrott, I got a question for you. In the report that I received, the Better Love Report, about time, it says, feeling overscheduled and underconnected, understanding your two time styles, yours and your wife, can help you reclaim the moments you've been missing together. And it says that I'm a processor and she is a dreamer. Now, she pushed back on that. She said, I'm not a dreamer because of her preconceived uh, idea of what that was. But it says, as a processor, it may be disconcerting on occasion to see Andrea caught up in what you perceive as a dream world. After, after all, you may be more realistic or at least cautious of the two of you. So what does that mean to be a processor and a dreamer? Well, I, I love it that you're, you're grappling with this, Chris, because this is such an important issue for so many of us in marriage. And when we figure out kind of how God designed us to manage time, that awareness, you know, we, we psychologists sometimes say awareness is curative. Once you become aware of something, then you can do something about it, right? Um, in fact, I went into my son's, uh, our youngest son's room a little while ago, and it was a mess. There was a guitar on the floor and books open all over the place and clothes strewn about, and he's laying on his bed. And I said, Jackson, it's crazy in here. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, it's a mess. He goes, it is. And he kind of looks around and goes, oh, yeah, it is. And, and so I walk out of the room. A couple of days I come back, and guess what? He's cleaned up his room a bit, okay? Awareness is curative. And when it comes to time, what we can do, you, you, you're saying that you are basically present-oriented and scheduled, and which makes you a great host on a radio broadcast because you want to make sure everything runs like it should and you are in the moment, okay? But if you just moved over to a category and stayed present-oriented and unscheduled, like my wife Leslie, uh, you would discover. <laughs> I have this experience with Leslie all the time. She'll say something like, "Hey, hey, let's go down to Starbucks. Let's walk down to Starbucks." And I'll say, "We don't have time." 
She'll say, what do you mean? It's just five minutes from here. And I'll go, well, what are you talking about? It's 25 minutes from here. She'll say, well, it feels like five minutes. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't care what it feels like. It's 25 minutes, right? <laughs> because I'm a planner. I'm future-oriented, and I am scheduled. And so, again, it comes back around to empathy, right? Like, we can begin to understand. And that's how my Leslie sees time, right? She improvises mm-hmm. with time. She takes out, if, if the day is sunny, her schedule's going to change because she's going to take advantage of the sunshine. And so it's just that little bit of awareness that allows us to step into each other's toes and recognize. Uh, and, and by the way, I should say this too. This is so interesting. And Gary, I'm sure you've discovered this. The things that irritate us early on in our marriage with our spouse mm-hmm. often have the opportunity to become the thing that endears us to them. And so we used to go, oh, why do you do it that way? And as we mature... Uh, and we walk a few years into marriage, we can k- get to a place where we kind of go, I'm so glad you do it that way. It's ridiculous, but it's cute, right? <laughs> I love that about you. And, and, so, and so that's part of this, just this capacity of seeing the world through each other's eyes. Make sense? Well, Les, it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I have really enjoyed our conversation. And I know that our listeners who have heard all of this are thinking in their own minds, man, I've got to get to this. I I, want to take that assessment, and I want to encourage them to do that as well, because I really think this is a tool that will help any couple grow in their marriage. And let's face it, marriages are either growing or they are regressing. We never stand still. Mm. So I want to thank you for being with us today, and uh, thank you for all the work that went into this assessment, and uh, now for allowing the five love languages to be a part of that assessment. So uh, Uh, keep up the good work, all right? Well, thanks, Gary. It's such an honor and always good to be with you guys. So thanks a million, and I hope our listeners out there will go to Better Love and, and really do just that. Enjoy Better Love together. What a great time to do that, too, here on Valentine's Weekend. What Les said a little bit ago is true. I thought you'd hit send and then have to wait, but the response is almost instantaneous. So if you're interested, as I said earlier, there's a cost to this. But you can find out more by going to buildingrelationships.us. Click the Better Love banner there, or you can find the link as our featured resource today in our program details. Again, go to buildingrelationships.us. And next week, Dr. Kathy Cook talks about the power of resiliency and how to raise resilient kids. Well, don't miss it in one week. Before we go, let me thank our production team, Steve Wick and Janice Backing. Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman is a production of Moody Radio in association with Moody Publishers, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.